Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we're back for the second hour. We just got through halftime. We didn't even go 12 minutes. See, we we don't need that. We're a fast-break team, Max and I. Here we are. We got Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas right here at training camp, St. Vincent's College. And we we, we finished up talking a little defense there, Max, but... One of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, you got Tyson Alualu, he's on the pup list, as well as Minka Fitzpatrick. I guess Minka had a little uh, go around with a bike or something. He, he sprained his wrist or something. Great googly moogly. I, I don't know what's going on there with them guys. You hope now I with Tyson. I don't have a problem with Minka. I don't have a problem because they're going to be fine. But does it worry you at all about Tyson getting, uh, you know, a little knee swelling? No, no, I, I, you know, you kind of expect that, right? Because he hasn't had any real action. Um, yep. So now getting back into the form, this is where we talk about, you know, player management and understanding kind of the mechanism, like what made the knee swell? What's going to make the knee swelling go down? And kind of monitoring that because he has a resume. We know, we know he knows, A, what to do. In, in, in this defensive structure and B we know that we have proof positive of what he can do when he when he's feeling good so you want to make sure you do everything in your power to make sure you keep him at at what we call a baseline so never be too high never be too low but right. what's the operating um, percentage or the modicum that's going to make him be uh, available to you on game day and that's the biggest thing I mean you know you know being out here in Arizona You'd hear about DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yes. DeAndre Hopkins would not practice. He'd get all these vet days and everything else. But guess what? On the field, he proved that, you know, not necessarily, you're a player that doesn't necessarily need practice. As long as I'm feeling good on game day, I'm going to give you everything I got. And I think kind of you get to that same feeling with Tyson Alawalu, like as long as he's feeling good, as long as he's going to be available on game day, I think we're going to be in a good place. He's a guy that I don't think needs training camp as much as the rest of kind of the guys on that defensive line that I would peg as this is important for you preseason games, padded practices and everything else. He's not on that list. So him being on the pup does not bother me. You know, I remember back in the 2011 season, you know, it was, it was what it was myself. It was Rashard Mendenhall, Casey Hampton, and I want to say it was Kiesel. All four of us started out the season, uh, started out the year on pup at training camp, 
And uh, I think we did all right. I think we did all right after that because I played 100% of the snaps. Camp was available every game of the season, and so was Kiesel, and then so was Richard by the end of it. So, you know, when I look at that, I'm like, eh, pup list doesn't, d- doesn't concern me in the first week of practice. When you get on that pup list during, during, the, during the course of training camp and you, weren't, you didn't start out on it because he was a previously injured guy, that's when I concern myself. Or at the beginning of the season, he's not available, is still questionable. That's when I start to worry. But beginning of camp, I'm not worried about a pup list. You know, I, I look at, it, at Tyson, and, you know, he's a 13-year guy. This is his first really big injury or significant injury of his career. I mean, come on. These Samoans, get Zooks. You know, I was talking to him on the sidelines the other day, and I go, what is it about you guys when, when God's handing out the – the genetic material, I mean, you're getting a double dose of it, brother, you know? He, he, the guy is just a stud. I mean, he looks fabulous. You know, like he's he's in top shape. And he and he looks young. He don't look like he's 35 years old. He's now, because Ben retired, he's now the oldest guy, I think, on the Steelers squad. But he don't look like he's 35. I mean, the guy still looks like a youngin', And he's physically, he's so gifted. With his ability to play at that low pad level, with all that strong ham hocks and ligamentation, he's got to back him up. And the way he can stuff his hands into a, a center, take on in three technique, the double team, the guy's powerful. He's got some good uppercuts. He can swim and rip, you know, very efficiently. Uh, you, you look at that, all that he brings to the table. And with his smarts, because as I often say, he's a three technique guy that can play nose tackle or play that that nose tackle run stuffer at a three technique i mean he's one of those guys that you know is kind of a new wave type of uh, a nose tackle one that's able to move and do more than just squat on the run you know what i mean well and and in today's nfl right that's what you kind of have to be position flexible you know you have to be a guy that can not only you know like you said play the nose and play the run but it's like, hey, sub situations or we get into three wides on second down where you're normally right. supposed to be out there. He's a guy you don't have to say, oh, we got to sub him out. We just simply slide him over. And, and that's how you stay on the field. That's how you create, I think, a lot more depth for your team because you don't become that liability in certain situations. He's a guy that's an all-around defensive lineman that can pa- rush the passer, stop the run, absorb the double teams, right, funnel flow to your linebackers, all of those things are key things that you need to have in today's defensive line, especially when you play the interior. Think a la Aaron Donald, right? Aaron Donald can play yes. all four positions on the D-line. And so you have to be able to be that guy that can play at least two positions on the D-line because 3-4 um, versus a 4-3, you have to be able to slide anywhere in that middle. Say anywhere from guard, from left guard to right guard, I'm good wherever you put me. You know, the thing that I, I look at, too, with Tyson and this, this sort of thing with the knee swelling and that, it's, you know, it's really the cost of doing business. You're going to have high mileage. You know, the rubber gets a little bit thin as you yeah. uh, age out in the joints like your knees and so forth. But it's not soft tissue. You know, the one thing you saw with the yeah. great Aaron Smith, what he started to break down was soft tissue from the shoulders, you know, in his back and stuff like that. When you start to bust up them soft tissues, it creates – that sort of problem, you know, you, you just – there's so much – you can only take so much punishment. You know what I mean? Well, stability. Yeah, stability. stability. It's all about stability. There you and go. And soft tissue stabilizes those bones and joints um, in a place where they can react and bounce back. Once you have that loose, 
then then the ligament's going to go next, and then next thing you know, the bone's going to go. So you have to be able to keep the soft tissue strong. That's that's the shell, right? That's yep. the shell of the walnut, and you don't want to get you don't want to get to the meat of the walnut unless you're no. hungry. But <laughs> you know, for a player and performance wise, you got to keep the shell strong. The shell has to stay strong to make sure that everything inside is still protected. You know, when I look at uh, this defensive line, I. I'm kind of excited to see how they're going to respond, you know, to this whole concept of stopping the run first because one of the keys that Mike Tomlin talked about last year and one of the things he really uh, brought forward was the lack of winning at the line of scrimmage. You know, in those key uh, two-on-one, one-on-one encounters, guys weren't winning enough for their one-on-one battles. And I remember Mike highlighting that on a Tuesday, and I was – and it's justifiably so when you watch a film. You can see it. Um, and how are they going to correct that? I mean, it's going to be more than just technique. It's going to be getting out there and making sure that you understand your gap responsibilities and, and of course, the technique. But the desire to be able to win and, 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 and be that guy that wins the one-on-one because you can't double-team everybody. So that's got to be something that's got to come to the forefront, this training camp. Well, and not taking the path of least resistance, which I think we saw a lot of last year. That's a good um, point. G- guys not, not, not forcing their way cross face. Yes. Guys trying to go behind, backside and trying to use their speed to catch up and realizing I don't have enough speed for a running back that's unevaded with a, with a funnel. So yep. Yep. it's really forcing close those doors. It's forcing your face across the bow of the man and creating that cutback lane because that's the way the defense is designed. It's designed that – we want you to cut back because you lose ground, you lose vision, and that's where we make the play for a for a, for a loss. Instead of giving guys the front for the front side or their first option on how the play is designed, then us trying to run around it and trying to make up for what we didn't want to do at the point of attack. That's also has to be the emphasis. We're going to fight across face. I know Carl Dunbar. He would love to see everybody fighting across face. I mean, that's what Cam Hayward was doing, but they were running away from Cam, yes. <laughs> you know. So you didn't really get it, and so the rest of the guys had to buy into that concept as well that we're going to fight across face on what they present to us and not accept what they're giving us and try and try and skillfully get out of it or kind of, you know, I don't want to say cowardice, but it's not presenting enough pressure to the offensive line at the point to fight for what they want to win instead of just giving them the victory. No question about it. You know, again, Mike Tomlin addressing that makes me wonder, because if you remember a few years ago, you know, the, the tackling became an issue. And then all of a sudden that one day, you know, you're standing there at practice and all of a sudden the guys are tackling in a scrimmage. I'm like going, I was standing next to Kevin Colbert. And I went, uh, hey, Kevin, did, uh, are they looking a little uh, – Overeager out there. I mean, because they're just piling up, banging guys, and bringing them down, right? And 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 the culprit yeah. says to me, he says, uh, "I don't know what's going on." <laughs> I was like, "Going, oh, mamma mia! You know what's going on here? You know." And and then you find out afterward that Mike had made the decision. He's going to have a tackle in practice. And he's going to institute that periodically along throughout training camp. And in my mind, it says that's how he solves some of the problems. You got to put the juice to it. And he's always been the guy and has always said, I would rather have to say whoa than giddy up. So, you know, the fact is I wonder if he's going to emphasize that with a little more of the highly spirited drills. And he can't call it Oklahoma because Oklahoma has been, you know, been uh, 
I don't know. It's, it's a bad word. It's a potty yeah, mouth yeah, word. It's, yeah, it's, it is. I mean, other than the Rodgers and Hammerstein play, that's uh, which I found kind of boring myself. But anyhow, regardless. Um, Put 25 cents in the swear jar. You just sweared saying Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. Just put 25 Chink. cents in the swear jar. There it is. <laughs> Chink. There you go. Uh, but, I, you know, it, if that's his, his, you know, one of the things that you need to do, you you got you to gotta do something to create that sort of uh, – problem pressure. going on in the trenches you've yeah pressure. the pressure you gotta you've got to create that situation and replicate it here in practice yeah if you want short ribs you got to put them in the pressure cooker wolf <laughs> if you want good short ribs i'm just saying oh, you know, you're speaking you, you the language of love again buddy keep the pressure on there but i think but i think that's the biggest thing right is how do we design practices within within the limits of the rules of the CBA, right? Because we are all conformed yes. to them now. I know, I know. I, I heard that. I heard that subtle yawn and ire <laughs> in your voice. But at the same time, how do we present that nine on seven? Right, nine on seven is your core offensive line, running yep. backs and quarterbacks versus D line and the linebacking core. And yes. that's what creates it. And that, you're not running any passes off of that. There's no play action off of that. The, the closest you get is draw plays. It's man-on-man, man, double teams, singles, whatever you want to call it. It's man-on-man man creating that pressure. So the nine-on-seven periods have to have a different emphasis in camp. So that's what I'm going to be looking for, especially that first day of pads, is how are those pads clapping? Can I hear those pads from the top of the hill in the parking lot all the way down to the field? Because that's going to show you the emphasis. Because let's face it, the offensive line as well needs to be able to create those running lanes for Najee Harris. You know, how many times do we see zero-yard gains, one-yard gains, two-yard yes. gains, three-yard gains, right? And the, the three yards is the bare minimum. But if you're, if you're worth any salt as an offensive lineman, that number needs to bump to four. 4.3 5 even that's what our standard is and you have to set that standard and create that standard then the defense says I'm not going to give you those five yards I'm not going to give you four yards heck I don't want to give you an inch and that's what creates that pressure in that type of period and that's where you talk about fast starts where you talk about stuffing the run you want to see the pride from both of those sides because that's your first line of offense and defense of that type of sacred ground of the five-yard barrier. You know, it's interesting because you, in uh, highlighting the pads coming up, what are they going to hit the pads uh, Saturday, I think it is? Monday. Saturday, I believe. Okay. Oh, Monday, Monday, uh, yeah. Monday is what I heard Wesley say. Uh, you got to go create the – got to do some math there. Where's yeah, my abacus? Yeah, you know what? How many acclimation two? days um, does one need? Yeah, I, I flunked math twice. We'll – Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen seems like an easy choice to me columbia pfg has you covered with their Castback tc shoe its omnimax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot say fighting a fish not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet rocking boat 
So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Just leave it at that. So okay. I'll go with Wes's. <laughs> yeah, I only had to count the three as an offensive lineman. That's, that's it. We went on four one time, and three of us jumped off sides. So, you know, I mean, that, that was canned <sighs> after that. But regardless, uh, the pads come on. Where were the right? fines at? Where were the fines at for that? <laughs> We didn't make enough to get fined. That's the problem, you know. <laughs> you got to make some money to be able to get fined, you know, because otherwise it's like you're playing for free. So anyhow, um, think about this. You're creating a dynamic that we're talking about. It's the pads coming on, and you're looking at two units up front where the front end of the defense of the Steelers set a record last year for the most ever yards given up, and you had a problem with the offensive line not – establishing the run as you would like it because Najee is a better than a three something yards per carry guy all right so the fact is it's going to be an interesting camp to me when we start with the pads and they get after a little bit because I I've got to believe that the physicality and the ability to run the ball and to stop the run are two of the most pressing issues that they have to um, come to grips with here because if you don't get either of those, it's another. It's not going to be the year you want. Well, especially when you're thinking about Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. What's going to be the biggest security blanket, learning curve, um, easiest route to success and to confidence and stability? Is having a solid run game. Yes. It's providing that run game to be a buffer from the passing game or having to move as much on the go. When you create a solid run game where you can go north and south easily and you get into second and medium, second and short, third and short situations, that opens the entire menu to the quarterback. And the quarterback doesn't have to sit back there and wait, 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 wait for a pass to open, go through first, second, third in my progression. I can now do bang, bang plays, right? I can now hit the quick out. I can now hit the shallow crosser. I can. I could even – fake and throw a screen hey wouldn't that be great to see a screen actually work to perfection that would be amazing but if you don't establish that run it's second and long it's third and long it's gotta have its right you know at nine ten yards get to the sticks and that's what that the run alleviates that pressure but also defensively when you put the opponent in that guess what you give the quarterback shorter fields to work with you're getting off the field sooner so you can rest right the sports cars want to rest that's what we call the defense defense is the sports cars you know <laughs> they're the exotics right they high octane fuel burns really fast so you want to give them as much rest as possible but then for your good old economy vehicles your your, your pickup trucks your diesels your dualies that's what the, that's what the offensive line is and that's what the offense should be slow moving steady methodical chewing up ground and chewing up time all of those things work in the symbiosis of a successful team. Offense helps the defense. Defense helps the offense. And that's what you have to get to. But it starts with stopping the run and also establishing the run early. And that leads to your fast starts because you're not giving the, the, the opposing offense an opportunity to start fast because they don't get the ball. They don't have an opportunity to get on the field and have multiple drives and multiple cracks at getting into the end zone because you're chewing up that time and chewing up that yardage that's not going to allow them to do that. You know, you hit the key word in that, 
and uh, you mentioned menus. And if, if anybody knows you and me, Max, we are two dudes that like to peruse a menu or two. You know what I mean? Oh, and we will peruse in the greater Latrobe area uh, uh, many a menus, I, I, I suspect, while we're up there at training camp together. Indeed. All right. That's a wrap on the first segment of the second hour. We'll be back with more at training camp. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, and the wind is kicking up. Look around us, boys. You can see you got some weather coming in from, what is that, the east? Is that west? I don't know. I get all confused. You know, if I know this. If I had been one of the frontiersmen, because... Max and I, uh, you know, we commiserated when I was down in Arizona. He's down in Arizona. I was at my brother's and everything. I, I, I was riding through Arizona. I'm looking around at nothing but desert and cacti, you know, I mean, because that's multiple cactuses, right? So I'm looking at all the cacti and, and everything. I'm going, who was the first dude that came here in 120 degrees with no air conditioning and decided while he's riding a horse that this is going to be a great place to live? I mean, it, it just, I don't know, it boggles the gorge. Am I right, Max? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at it from that perspective <laughs> on a horse at 120 degrees, ah, this looks good. No, yeah. but I mean, but but we, we, we all know that modernization comes in and you, you have to have somebody who has the vision, right? You have to have a vision. I think the same thing applies to a team. When you get 100 guys on a field and I got to field it down to 53, I have to have a vision. Because right now it's a collection of souls, right? I've got to now whittle that. I've got to, I've got to make sure that I clear the land. I make sure that there's places for other people to come in and grow as well. And find and water. Find, yeah. If i got to dig a trench or if i got to dig down below, you know, understand where the water source is because water is the key to life, right? Yes. And, and I think – but you have that. it starts with the vision. I think that's, what, that's what's tasked with a GM and a head coach every season is I have to – wonder what can be out of out of the out of this person soup of people can i mold a team from this do i have the right ingredients to make to to make that happen i think that and that's what we see right now this is the beginning of that um at at training camp so i do i do see your i do see your your analogy and i raise you (laughs) vision and purpose (laughs) and and i'm just be i'll be sweating that's all. I mean, yeah. That's it. One, Is that wrong, a little sweat? I mean, hey, listen. Hey, as, as, the, as the old adage goes for offensive linemen, right, if everybody's on the cart, who's going to pull? You know? <laughs> Good point. That's a, that's a great point. We're the point. pullers. We're the pullers. We're, we're offensive linemen. That's what we do. That's, a, that's exactly so, my friend. So then we move from the pullers to the scorers. And yesterday there was a couple of guys, a couple of young bucks that made some Eye-opening plays. Uh, I I got to tell you, Kelvin Austin the third. All right, this guy here took a now route, a little quick. It was it was a beautiful. It was a great job by Mason because the, the snap was off. Mason had to one-handed high, go up, get that ball, bring it down, and then turn and just rifle it out because it threw the timing all off to Calvin Austin on one of those wide receiver now route screens, you know, and he just yeah. took off. I'm telling you what, like a rocket. 
You should have seen this man accelerate. It was like, boom. It was like uh, I was watching the Fantastic Four the other night, right? Yeah. No, I wasn't watching with my kids. I can't even lie about that. Okay, yeah, I was by there myself. We there we go. I, hey, hey, okay. I did. I did. Come on, right? over, come on over to the MCU with me. Come well, on. Well, what can I say? Yeah, I, I'm watching the Marvel Universe. And who did I see? I see uh, Johnny, the flamethrower guy, right, of the that's Fantastic right. Four. Boy, oh, human boy. Torch. That's Yeah, the torch, the human torch. That's what Calvin Austin reminded me of. He just took it, hit it, and get it, and down the sidelines. It was beautiful. Well, and, and I think that, that, that – and that's the other purpose of training camp, right, is to discover these gems and discover what – what, what are the best suits of, of the personnel I have? What do they excel at? And like you said, that, go, that goes right in the notebook, little Polly Pocket notebook, right? Right. Calvin Austin III is fast. Yes. Calvin Austin III can take now routes and embarrass people. Mm-hmm. Calvin Austin III is a guy who's fast and can hurt other teams when we put this play in. Right? You, you have to just put those no, notes and just store it away. And then guaranteed, you know, we comes to Friday Night Lights, right, Latrobe Stadium. Right. We're going. We're 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 probably going to see that play on display for the fans again. So it's one of those things you just kind of just throw it in the back pocket and continue to nurture that and figure out what else he can do because he's obviously got that one under control. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. He obviously he has no problems, no issues with lighting up the sidelines there. Uh, I look yeah. at this guy with uh, you know Calvin Austin, Anthony Miller. And Gunnar Olszewski, and they're like three of the prototypical five nine to five eleven uh, slot guys. You know, I mean, we're used to yeah. seeing the Heinz Wards, we're used to seeing the Juju Smith Schusters, those type of guys in the slot. Now there's, you know, it's kind of funny because I think the wide receivers kind of go in the way of the nose tackle in the sense of this, where once they you have uh, guys that were specialized slot guys, now they're moving more people through the slot. Because now you can take a, a Chase Claypool as somebody whose name has come up. They want to put him in the slot a little bit more. You got a Pickens, you know, you got Deontay Johnson. And guys can vary where they line up. It's kind of like the nose tackle, three technique uh, guy sort of thing. It's not the specialized position anymore. They're going to just move different people through it. And I think that's going to be advantageous to the offense because it's very hard to get redirection and jams on anybody that's lining up in the slot and can motion. Well, I think also it, it really changes the roles, right? It changes what a defense can kind of key on. You know, it's no longer number one or number two X and Z. It's their right. wide receivers. Yes. You know, these are guys, they can line up anywhere – and this has to now be more matchup based. So now you can force teams what into more man situations versus just playing zone. Or if it's a zone team, the zone team's now got a tip where they're going to apply their double team a little bit sooner. It gets the declaration, which then gives information to that quarterback. Right. It gives him an opportunity to say, "Okay, I know what they're doing. Good thing they keyed on this guy because I'm actually going over here on the opposite side on the on the ISO play." Or if, if they, they do go to the ISO side, well, I'm working a two-man route here, and we got a combination, and they're sitting in a soft zone, I, can, I now have more options to work off of that, whoever breaks free first. And so it just is presenting more opportunities for your offense to have the upper hand versus letting the di- defense dictate where you have to go. No question. I, I agree with that. I just think that the availability, too, of three guys rolling through or four 
different positions and creating, you know, the slot aspect is different than having one guy such as, you know, the Juju Smith-Schuster slot guy. All right. You know he's going to be yeah. there. Uh, his last, I remember, was a couple of years ago. He was primarily out of the slot, did a great job, tough blocker type of thing. But you can resurrect a lot of that with some of the tight end work that I think is coming up. And one of the things that I hope is going to be significant is a little more of a 12 personnel where we get a little more of the two two tight ends and maybe maybe we get a little uh, reconstruction of the Gronk Aaron Hernandez from the Patriots because of the fact you got the 612 and you got the Friar move you know i mean those two there can create a lot of hazards such as what you would find with a, a slot receiver hey, absolutely i think and and when we're talking about today's nfl we're talking about the AFC North, that is one of the things we don't see, right? There's no two tight end combinations that can really kind of stretch a defense out, right? Put Present problems to a defense that wants to be smaller, that wants to be faster, that wants to be more position flexible. Right. How do you create that mismatch? Well, when you got two tight ends on the field and two wide receivers – that now puts stress on your linebackers, puts stress on your safeties. Now you have to go more single high because you don't know who where it's going to go. And that just presents another issue to have to account for. And if you can get Fryermuth and Zach Gentry dialed in and to be a legitimate part of this offense, which they should be, man, man, you now you're cooking with gasoline. You're not even you're not even cooking with charcoal. You're not cooking with lighter fluid. No, that's that's pure jet fuel when you have that as an option and also let's throw this out there you know this this is a nod to your brother ron what happens with the fullback can we get some fullback action a little yes. cowbell in yes. this offense as well just to show that hey we're committed listen we're not going to be joe burrow and the cincinnati Bengals. we're not going to throw it all around the field we don't have seven foot tall receivers but guess what we, we got six foot twelve tall uh tight ends <laughs> We, yes, we, 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 we could play we could play a low post style game and we could also beat up the middle of your defense with our run game. So when you think about that, that would be just tremendous to get to 12, to get to 21 personnel and to really utilize. I think something that the NFL has kind of gotten away from, they've gotten more enamored with the 11 personnel, which we were a high frequency team last year with 11 personnel. And I get it. You want to score points. You want to, but listen, there's something to be said when you can ground and pound and run a team down. And when you talk about those point totals of last year, if you're doing it from that perspective, where you're chewing up time of possession and giving the other team less opportunities to score, that puts more pressure on them for more interceptions because that was a low thing for us last year, right? Interceptions, but you force them in more passing situations where they got to get the ball downfield in large tranches, that's where interceptions come. And if you can eliminate the run game where they're now flipping the table on you and taking up time of possession, now you're in a place of, of advantage. And now those scores don't really mean as much because you're getting W's in the, in, in the win column because of your timing possession and you're chewing up that other defense and wearing them down. Well, one of the guys that looked like he was chewing up the defense a little bit yesterday was a guy that uh, I think is going to be significant as we move along because Pickens, the wide receiver, oh, my goodness, he almost made the catch of camp, and it's only the first day. Uh, and I say almost because he didn't. Ha he dropped it when he hit the ground because, you know, you don't have your pads or nothing like that. But he caught a zinger of a pass. I forgot who threw it. Anybody know who threw that? Was that Mason? 
that threw the ball. I think it was Mason. It was a zinger, and he was stretched out. He was levitated. You know how you're like horizontal to the ground, and he had that. He twisted around, and it was like a I don't know. It was it was a triple Lindy. You know, I mean, if you go back yeah. to back to school <laughs> with Rodney Dangerfield. All right, since we were talking yeah. about him early. Uh, but it was it was a spectacular near catch. It's as good a near catch as I've ever seen. But, again, the bottom line, it wasn't a catch. But this kid just opened my eyes briefly to some of the potential that's percolating underneath. This kid looks like he's got a lot going for him. So what you're telling me is <laughs> he's got, we've a, got chance. a chance. We've got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Lloyd Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb and dumber. Which, by the way, our dear brother Tunch Ilkin always said was not of the same genre, the same sort of great comedy as Stripes and Caddyshack. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Dumb and dumber was great. I mean, it was... Slapstick comedy. It just, you know, it wasn't as intelligent as Stripes, right? Right, correct. Because... It get, it was more direct with the comedy, right? You knew what it was in the moment. You didn't have to you didn't have to hypothesize and perseverate on it, right? To get the point or oh, go watch it a second word. or third time. Yeah, well, listen, listen, you did disadvantageous earlier. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! How many? What's the <laughs> syllable limit on this show? You know, so I'm like, hey, I got to step my game up. <laughs> Hoopy will be so happy. She'll be so happy to hear the two of us throwing out some big ones, multi-syllables. All right. Yeah, there it is. There it is. By the <laughs> All way, right. Another, no, another low uh, underrated movie was Up in the Air with Michael Myers, which is where Salamis came from. I don't yeah. remember that one. Yeah, it was Mike, Mike Myers was like doing, you know, the multiple things. And he was a stewardess. Uh, he was playing a stewardess. Oh. And she was talking about, yeah. Uh, I don't know the framings of your multiple syllables, like making a play on the, on the syllable. Yes, word. wrong emphasis <laughs> on the wrong syllable. Yes. Yeah, there it is right there. There yes. we go. See, Tommy Boy was another great one, though. I mean, come on. Oh, Chris Farley. Classic. Classic. Absolutely David Spade. beautiful. Yeah, those guys, they were awesome together. All right. Well, let's take a break, and we'll be back for the wrap-up after this. Listening to SNR, it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas right here at training camp back after this. A lot of the Steelers. 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 We are always talking black and gold on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome down to the final segment of In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks and the Ninjas, and it's looking a little ominous out there. I don't know. Let's weigh in. Wes, what say you? Because you're here. Max can't see. So what do you say as we're kind of perusing this? Yeah, I don't think the... Bad stuff's gonna come down for a couple more hours. <laughs> I messed it up, but what's the what's the what's the exact line? Yeah, I don't think the heavy stuff is gonna come down for quite some time. Quite yet. some time. Yes. That's it. Yes. Uh, you know, it's a little ominous out here. It's a little overcast, but it's not as terrible as I thought it would be. Okay, Max, what's your weather like? Um, it's overcast here. Um, oh, okay. It's about. Hold on, I'll tell you in a second. I think it's about eighty-two degrees right now. Oh, that's but, uh, not bad. Yeah, it's sunny o'clock in the morning. Um, sunny but, uh, but it is raining in Phoenix right now, so Whoa. maybe some of that rain will make it our way because I would appreciate that for my yard. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm tracking all the weather here. 
It, okay. It's very dark and cloudy in Latrobe right now at 11:45 a.m. <laughs> uh, Phoenix, we're we're now we're now mostly cloudy at 82. Partly cloudy. Partly cloudy. That's you yeah, know that's part, what you got to say up here. Partly cloudy. Everything is Joe DiNardo. Partly cloudy and that. But think about this. I mean, let's let's just think about this for professions for a second. Right. Meteorologist. I mean. Is there not an easier job and a lower base for success than a meteorologist? I mean, ah, sunny, chance of rain, partly cloudy. Right. I mean, if you said that every day, you're like pretty much covering a large swath. And then you look at a little Doppler thing. Oh, look, there's rain in the area. May or may not hit you. And it's like, no, it's a monsoon right now. <laughs> and you only got to be right 50% of the time. You know what and, I mean? And then, and then on top of that, there's no repercussions if you mess up the forecast. No. There's no, there's no negative, there's no negative reinforcement nope. for that. It's just but, all positive. Like, hey, he got it right today. All right, gold star. Ah, you'll get him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the one thing that separates the great forecasters from the not so great. They work on a green screen, a blank screen. That's that brutal. True. I don't know how you do that. I would, I would. Well, you screw look at that the up. monitor that's in front of you. <laughs> yeah, you look at the monitor, the but that's like in reverse. You're yeah, all screwed exactly. up. Switch from switch from left guard to right guard. I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. Okay, right, which I found very hard to do. Wolf, remember Max? Wolf had to write numbers on his cleats when he when he moved to the letters letters Letters. on his cleats when he moved to the Vikings. When I went to the Vikings, Max, the Vikings were one of two teams in the NFL at that time that had odd numbers to one way and even to the other. In Pittsburgh, it was even to the right, odd to the left. In Minnesota. All right, was even even to the left, odd to the right. And when you get tired, you know how, how tired you get during camp or practice, you know, anything like that? I had to write E on my left shoe and O on my top of my right shoe so when I got tired I could remember which side because I was all in, you know, Pittsburgh. I could, write a, I could write a thesis paper on the offense that we ran the trapping game. But – you know, to move to Minnesota, it was like a whole different sort of language that you had to speak, and especially when you go odd and even or opposite, you catch yourself going wrong, which, of course, would really honk your offensive line coach off, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm glad that you were proactive in figuring out a way <laughs> that would make you feel good and comfortable. When you looked down at your feet, you knew where you were going. <laughs> I said, feet don't fail me now. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, what, that, that's probably what you said silently before you looked back up and saw a defensive tackle in your face. <laughs> well, one guy, one guy whose feet didn't fail him was Najee Harris. Najee Harris had quite the year last year. You think about it, Max. We extolled the virtues of this dude. This guy was all of that and then some. Think about it, Sixteen, almost 1,700 total yards from scrimmage, eclipsing Franco's rushing record and everything, 1,200 rushing yards, 467 uh, receiving yards, 10 TDs, 74 receptions, didn't miss a game. Uh, his 381 touches were, that, I mean, a tremendous amount there, man. That's a lot. A uh, lot, of, lot of conjecture going on early on. You know, people talking about the fact, well, you know, do you – who are you going to have spell him and this and that? What do you think? Are you worried about it all? No, I mean, I mean, th- this is why you go out there. I mean, you play to not plan on those type of things, right? You play to say, I'm going to, I'm going to give it everything I got, and I'm going to play as long as I can, right? You, you don't right. worry about uh, tapping the helmet uh, in practice. I'll never forget when I came back off of uh, my neck surgery, 
and back in what was that 2010 uh, 11 season 10 to 11 season and you know I was I was coming back and was that when they called like you week, off the like couch yeah call, well I, there was no couch sitting for me I was I was strictly training <laughs> no I mean when they called you yeah. it was like oh you're sitting on the couch you're like uh, hey we need you you got to come back yeah yeah no so here's how funny it was I was actually in Detroit on a workout <laughs> oh really <laughs> Kevin Colbert made the call over to his buddies at Detroit and said, uh, yeah, Max's workout is over. We're sending a car to pick him up and have him at the airport so that he can come here and sign with us. <laughs> we yeah, got, in, got in that we evening. Yeah, we got in that evening, and, and literally uh, Coach Tomlin, uh, Kevin, and Coogs was sitting in the office. And they're like, hey, looking good. Uh, yeah, business as usual. See you tomorrow. <laughs> No, where's, where's the hugs? Where's the <laughs> yeah, and then showed up, and then Coogs went through the 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 starting lineup for the week. It's like, oh yeah, Max, nothing changed. You're back at left tackle. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I've been off for eleven months with a neck injury. Yeah, <laughs> it was just uh, like get in there, and then hey, if you need if you need a break, uh, tap tap uh, tap your helmet, and Jonathan Scott will come in for you. Oh wait, but wait, like, is this when they okie doked you? Right? Yeah. I mean, they told yeah. you you were only going to play a certain number of plays, and then they did not abide by it. Yeah, exactly. So, I was like, <laughs> I was like, great. So, I got out to practice. I tapped the helmet because I'm like, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't really been physical. And Mike T was like, yeah, we're doing back-to-back -back practices for Max's return because uh, you can do that once, you know, once during the season. You can have a back-to-back -back padded practices in season. They gave it to me. You lucky me, right? I won, won the wrong lotto. Um, and everybody and, hated you to it. <laughs> oh, everybody was like, really? Really? Of all the weeks? Yeah. I'm like, well, sorry, guys. I got to get acclimated sorry. here to play. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, – so, yeah, that was that was brutal. So, you know, but but after I didn't – I tapped my helmet and didn't get help, I was like, well, you know what? I'm not coming out. And I made that decision in my head. And so Jonathan Scott was coming up to me. Hey, Max, man, hey, you need a break? You need a break? I'm like, no. Absolutely not. I said the one time I tapped my helmet, you you acted like I like, like I had like I had the plague. No way. <laughs> and it was like the live five on five, you know, last five plays of, of right. day practice. You know, good on good. And yep. he he was like, hey, you want a break? You want me to come? I'm like, absolutely not. No, I'm taking all five of these. Yeah. I'm taking all these other. I'm like, I was like little red hen, right? I'm like, listen, I, I chopped the wheat, I milled it, I baked the bread. No, you're not going to get a piece of my bread now. <laughs> I'm taking all this bread for myself. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know. One of the weirdest experiences I ever had was one time I, I reported to training camp and I pulled my hamstring on the first day or strained it, right? So I had to yeah. sit out. I didn't get any didn't get any pad work or anything. And uh, I ended up going in and playing in the preseason game. And it just happened to be that Chuck had us for one reason. I, I don't know what it was, but we were in sweats the one week before – the Dallas preseason game and ended up playing with, I literally went into that game without having taken a collision type rep. I mean, it was weird. You know, you just, just to step in and be amongst all the guys playing the game with full pads going and everything and not having had one padded practice and warm up to it. It was the strangest thing, but it's like riding a bike, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you're right back and he comes to you, but it was a weird feeling. Yeah, no, it was. It, it was one of those things where, you know, it, it takes that reacclimation, right? When, when you're like, you're off, you're on, 
pads, no pads, spider shells, just shirt. I mean, you know, it, it gets a bit monotonous. Now, I'm sure the young guys, they, 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 they get to that a lot more. But like you said, when you're in the era of two-a-days where you yeah. know it's two practices every single day and you know that there's pads on pads on pads on right. top of pads. Yes. It, it, and you get that break. You're like, whoa, what, what are we doing here? I was like, no, no, no. I'm not, I don't want to get cut. I was like, no, no, give me my pads. I, I want these pads. No, no, no. This is my comfort place. This is my protection. This is my armor. I, I, I can't I can't ride off out, out of the castle without my armor on. There are you, you kidding go. Me? I'm a knight. You That's know? right. And but now it's like, oh, is it leisurely uh, leisurely trot through the through the valley through the vineyards? Uh, you know, <laughs> through the you vineyards. Know, the young guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, guys are guys are more accustomed to it, and you kind of you know that creates that expectation level. But for us, it was like. If you guys, you're like, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. I mean, you know, it was one of those things where I was looking forward to seeing the buses come, right? Because, you know, right. when the buses roll out to practice, you, you know it's movie day. Oh, and, oh, oh, uh, I can't believe you guys had movie day. You know what? That's have, gone by the bye-bye, has it where, not? Oh, my God. So it, it got eliminated immediately. Year one, Mike Tomlin, right? We're out at practice. And we're, we're now we're explain. Like, go like, back yeah. and explain. Okay, the sorry, movie sorry. Let, let me explain yeah. this. So, so Coach Cower had this thing where once throughout training camp, he would make this random day. It was usually a day where they anticipated it being a closed practice. Two minutes. Um, and he would he would we'd be out of practice stretching, warming up, and everything. And then buses would roll up, and he would call up practice, act all pissed off, and then he'd be like, "Go to the locker room and get changed." And he'd be like. We're going to the movies, and we and we'd have a movie day, you know. If he felt good about where we were in training camp, so Mike Tomlin knew about this, and seen you know this, our senior panel, right? Our senior leaders, you know, told him about this kind of tradition that we had, and he he kind of shook his head about it. And we're at practice one day, and we're stretching, we're warming. It's it's it's, a, it's a, just a hot day. It's a miserable day. Oof. So of any days for it to be a perfect opportunity for movie day. It would have been this day. So we see – so and the way that, the, you know, the field is when you're looking out, you know, that road, you could see it, and the buses were coming. And we're like, oh, my God, it's about to be movie day. I mean, it's four buses. <laughs> they literally – they parked in front of the field at the lower level um, where the baseball field is, stopped for like two minutes, and then drove off and left. He said, no! I bet y'all thought y'all were seeking comfort. He's like, no comfort here. We're going to practice. And just completely killed us. Oh, we were uh, so dead that day. So mad. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? That's what training camp is. All right. Well, Max, I'm looking forward to you arriving. You will be arriving tomorrow. And uh, that will be, of course, you'll be in transit during the, the show. So we'll be back on the air Saturday. But you have a safe trip, my friend. Uh, you know what? It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for you to get here. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for whoever tuned in. We appreciate you. A lot of more coverage coming up. No doubt about it. Thank you so much for being in the locker room. And uh, we will see you tomorrow uh, as for another edition of uh, you know being right here at training camp. Talk to you then. This is Black and Gold Fan Habit. Listen to this crowd. SNR. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.